You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv news stories off the dome straight to your home to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, I don't like board games. Hot take. (laughs) (laughs) I I do, but only certain ones. Well, yeah, I'll agree. Like, I like to play like chess. I think that's pretty classic. It's hard, I think, yeah. not to like that. Um, and I like the challenge of it. I've played some other fun strategy games like Stratego and things like that. But in general, like when my kids want to play like the Jumanji home uh. board game or Monopoly, I uh. just like, I, uh, yeah, I just, I'll just paint on a smile and like, yeah, sure, I <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> or I'm like. You know what would be really fun <laughs> instead? Let's go outside. Let's right. go ride some bikes. Let's go find your friends. You know what? You know what's really fun? The Nintendo Switch. <laughs> That's a fun <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> go play that. Go, go. <laughs> yeah, see, now, with board games, I'm I'm very hit and miss. Uh, I like, I've played a lot of the more modern ones, but, like, stuff like, okay, uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill. I freaking love that game. Um, okay. It's bizarre. It's It's... You know, this procedurally generated board where you never know how the mansion layout is going to be. And there's, uh, I want to say it's just four players, but, you know, like, you start off all on the same team and eventually one of you turns bad for whatever reason, whether it's ghosts or Cthulhu or demons. <laughs> there's always some kind of crazy <laughs> reason. And then, like, the te- like you know, whoever the bad guy is has to go out of the room with the bad guy rule book and, like, <laughs> figure out what your end game is while the, the other guys have to figure out how to defeat you. It's a lot of fun, a lot of backstabbing involved. Um, I've played that several times. And then, of course, there's, you know, the nerd classics like Hero Quest, which I actually kickstarted the, uh, or back the HasLabs, you know, remake, which was, like, 200 and something dollars. But, you know, oh, I, still, I still back Because <laughs> I played the hell out of that as a kid, and me and Caleb played the hell out of the new one. So Oh, that's cool. But yeah, I mean, stuff like Monopoly and stuff. No, 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 not my cup of tea. Yeah, there's a couple of games like I like Clue. I think it's hard not to like Clue. It's mm-hmm. pretty classic. It's pretty fun. Um, but I just find that so many board games, maybe just like modern games, like they're so complicated. And yeah. I find that I, I spend so much time trying to figure out how to play the game that by the time I'm playing it, I'm either bored. I've been there for way too long or we have to we have to play through the whole game two or three times before anybody has a grasp of it and then it's like time's up you know right and uh like not wasn't that long ago i got together with some uh local like work friends and they invited me to like their game night and i was like that's cool i don't know what that means exactly like maybe we'll play poker maybe we'll you know watch a fight i mean i don't know whatever i was just going to hang out mm-hmm. and it turns out it was settlers of Catan night <laughs> <laughs> Not and I had, <laughs> well, I had never played before, and I because I don't normally go into those types of games, and but I was game, you know, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, and um, <laughs> it did not take me very long to realize that I hated it a lot. <laughs> I was so bored. Oh, God, I was so bored. I was just like, "Yay, cool! This is fun. Where's the beer? Because I'm gonna need a lot of that." <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I do like I do like uh, I guess card games. Like I never played Magic the Gathering. Um, I, I never had any interest in in that whatsoever, or any sort of like uh, competitive like card fighting games. But you know, like you know, Cards Against Humanity and shit like that. You know, th- those things are always like fun party games. But yeah, just in general, like I maybe it's betraying you know like my my uh, my nerd culture because I'm so into you know comics and bad movies and things. But I just don't give a shit about like tabletop <laughs> games, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, well, as far as like most of the like super collectible tabletop games, like if I had the money to dig into something like Warhammer, oh, I probably would. Because like, I, I love battle, like tabletop battle games. Um, like I've watched a ton of them and, and they look a lot of fun, but I don't have the money to sink into something like that. And some of these more modern games, like they're like a hundred bucks, you know, 150 bucks for someone like I can't afford that just to, on the off chance I can get six friends together to play. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. That. So, I, I, yeah. And I've tried like uh, Will Wheaton had like a YouTube channel. I don't, I don't know if he still does, but where he would oh, play yeah, like, the... tab- tabletop games with like celebrities and shit. Like yeah. I watched a couple, couple episodes, mostly because he had celebrities on that I cared about like Patrick Rothfuss, mm-hmm. but, uh, and those were, those were interesting. Um, you know, and I got turned on to that where I was in a comic shop here at Austin and they had it on like on the TV in the, in the store. And I was like, Oh, Oh, cool. Will Wheaton. And I stood and watched for a few minutes and kind of got sucked into it, went home and like looked some up. And, but at the same time, the whole time I'm watching, I'm enjoying the conversation with like the celebrities, but I'm also getting frustrated for them because the game is like complicated <laughs> and they're trying to figure out the rules and like they're making dumb mistakes because they don't understand. And there's always that one guy who's just like, well, actually you see what you should have done. And it's like, oh, yeah. God, I hate I hate you. <laughs> you know, you know what? If if you like that concept, but uh, have not in, or didn't enjoy the, the complexity of it, look up beer and board games. It's by the guys okay. who made uh, Chad Vader. If you remember oh, Chad nice. Vader, yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And they basically sit around and they every every episode they have a different beer, and they rate the beer and they talk about the beer and then they play a random board game. Sometimes it's some kind of crazy convoluted new new type game, and sometimes it's Dream Phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and it's freaking hilarious. Okay, yeah, I just looked it up on YouTube, so I guess Blame Society is on their channel. So, okay, cool. I'll leave that window open, and I'll take a look at that <laughs> later. That's cool. That's well, and, and I mentioned uh, – I, I kind of mentioned uh, the name of the um, the internet game show Um, actually not that long ago or just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you've seen this. It's, it was on – originally it was a college humor – uh, skit that turned into um, like a YouTube game show, and then now it's on Dropout TV, and they put like best of clips on on the College Humor channel on YouTube, or actually no, it has its own channel now, and it's absolutely fucking hilarious. You know, it's like a Jeopardy style game, but it's just all nerd shit, and the whole purpose of the of the game is uh, trap the host. He just says a like fact about some nerd property, like Harry Potter or Pokemon or whatever, and it's there's some detail wrong, and you have to chime in with um actually and like provide the correction <laughs> oh my god i need to watch that that sounds it hilarious is, it is fucking genius i love it and i actually really prefer watching it on youtube the best of clips rather than like on dropout tv because again it's like the best of so you just get like right. you know the, the highlights of the episodes and oh my god it is it is absolutely fucking hilarious and 
uh, I, I did. I backed the Kickstarter that they did for like the home version of the game, which is supposed to be based on kind of a Trivial Pursuit, you know, uh, layout with like a board, but it's mostly like a card game. So I guess that kind of brings us full circle back to okay, I spent hard money <laughs> on an actual like tabletop <laughs> game, so maybe I don't hate him as much as I thought I did, but whatever. As a general rule. <laughs> yeah. I, I usually I avoid that aisle, you know, in the in the store. Um right. and uh but one thing I do enjoy is snakes. I'm a I'm a fan of snakes. <laughs> I, I yeah, no, I I've had a couple pet snakes in my past. I, I definitely am a fan. Um I do I don't think I'd want a snake that could grow big enough to eat me. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I, uh, I've had a few friends who've had, you know, pet pythons, and I'm like, or not pet pythons, uh, boas, and I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't want one. <laughs> they can get way too big. I'm, I'm good with that. I never had a pet snake. Uh, growing up, we always had lots of pets in our house. You know, we had like multiple dogs and cats and iguana and anoles and rabbits and you know, you name it. But we never had a pet snake that I can remember. But I did. Yeah, I had friends that had like ball pythons and uh, and things like that. And I always wanted one. A friend of mine had a Burmese python, which is he was fucking huge. Like you would see him at pet stores all the time. They're like six, seven feet long. Yeah. And the, the albino ones are like yellow and they look really, really pretty. Um but uh, I always wanted to get one, but Christina hates snakes, and I was like, they also they require not a lot of care so much, but like the their environment, you really have to be careful yeah. with the, the humidity and the temperature, making sure they have enough space. But uh, Tegan, my oldest spawn, she <laughs> recently had a birthday. She turned 15, and you know she's in high school now. So she was begging us for a pet, and we decided, fine, you're old enough to take care of your own pet and be fully responsible on your own. So I surprised her with a corn snake, which nice. is, you know, it's a it's a constrictor, but they only get to be maybe three or four feet long, and they're not that thick, you know. Yeah. Um, and I found one that with a with the the coloration is called Aztec because they they breed them for like different like skin patterns you know patterns in their scales mm-hmm. and so hers has sort of a it looks like sort of an Aztec like temple design so it looks really cool it's like orange and yellow and brown and he uh and she named him Crowley after uh, the character from Good Omens I don't know if you if you've seen oh, yeah. that show or read the book so yeah <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so I think that's cool, and and Christina has kind of taken to him a little bit too, as much as she can, <laughs> being not a snake lover like yeah. I am, and of course I'm kind of enamored with it too. Like I I go up there and check him out. He's always like buried under you know the uh, like the substrate, uh, you know the bedding in the in the in the the tank, and I'm like, oh come on man, come out. I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I want to look at you. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> it was feeding day yesterday, and I but I had to miss it because I was doing something else, and I was like, oh man. <laughs> You know, I never had anything that cool. Like, I, I just had, like, garter snakes that I caught. And, um, like, you know, I only had them for, like, a few months before I'd let them go again. But, like, I had, um, you know, I always, I was always catching, like, frogs and, you know, salamanders and all sorts. And I always had, like, different, uh, like, terrariums that I would keep them all in. And, and I had this one garter snake that, for whatever reason, he loved being held. Like, you could pick him up and he would coil between your fingers and just kind of lay there looking at you. Like, and when I'd go to put him down again, he'd like try to get back out. So oh, that's cool. He, yeah, he was cool. And, you know, I would just feed him crickets and all that. But um, I only had him for like one summer and then I let him go. But uh, yeah, I've, I've always I've always thought snakes were cool. And uh, I think they're very misunderstood. A lot of people think they're slimy and it's like they're really mm-hmm. not, though. They're very like silky and smooth. Yeah, they are. And and it's funny because uh, 
with with Crowley, the corn snake, one one thing the corn snakes do that some snakes do is, you know, they obviously use their tongue to like smell things and like, yeah. you know, discover the world. But more so than the tongue, the corn snakes like nip at things. Oh, um, yeah. And so it's really strange to be holding a snake and then have it bite you. And you're like, oh, he's so cute, you know, because <laughs> it's exactly. just a little nip. You know, it's like a little puppy nip. Like it doesn't really hurt. Like you can feel it, but it doesn't hurt. You know, their yeah. fingers are or they actually they, they don't even really have like true fangs. Like, you know, their teeth are, are, are small. You know, they have those teeth that like point backwards that are just meant for like push mouse down throat. Right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, I was so busy. I was doing stuff around the house. And then again today, I'm really tired because I spent most of my early afternoon in the garage uh, trying to hang some overhead storage like in the garage ceiling. And it took me literally two hours to hang two small little brackets because I realized that neither my ceiling nor the walls are like plumb properly. So it was so hard to be able to line up a straight line since I couldn't see the joists because of the drywall and the ceiling to the point where I ended up like uh, crawling halfway into the crawl space above the garage just so I could like make sure that where I thought were the joists were correct because I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to hang these like uh, hundred pound shelves that are that, that I'm then going to put hundreds of pounds of stuff on top of and hang them from my ceiling and like miss the joist, you know, because right. the fucking ceiling is crooked. Uh, and, and what made it really difficult though, is being up on a ladder with my arms above my head uh, for like two hours. And now like my shoulders hurt and I that sucked and I realized that one thing I can't stand is having to go up and down the ladder and up and down the ladder and up and down the ladder because <laughs> I was like I needed this tool or that tool and I I couldn't keep a lot of stuff up there with me and I don't own a tool belt so I was just like up and down and up and down up and down so now I hate ladders because of that <laughs> yeah no I I, I could uh, I'm not a fan definitely not a fan of climbing up and down ladders um but you know what's funny is is all of these conversations do have something in common I was I just thought we were filling time because I don't know what the story is we're going to do today. So I was like, hey, snakes. I was like, board game, snakes, ladders. Hey, now. Hey, wait a second. There, there, some, something is gelling together. What is it? What is it? I can't quite grasp it, Mike. Why don't we talk about the board game, snakes and ladders? Oh, shit. There it is. <laughs> oh, it's so obvious now. Of course. <laughs> That ham-fisted uh, plug there. <laughs> hey, we got there somehow, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, well, that's, yeah. Good. that's a good idea. So we had a lot of fun, or at least I know I did, talking about uh, a board game movie or a movie based oh, on a board yeah. game when we did Trouble and, you know, the Pop-O-Matic bubble game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how the hell did we do that? And well, we did it, so we did, and it was one of my favorite. I gotta say, it's one of my favorite episodes that we've done so far. One of my favorite like improvs because it was so bonkers. Yep. Yet the idea that we came up with was so much in the vein of like a cool like sci-fi survival horror, like a cube. That yeah. I'm like, oh god, I want to watch this so bad. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, and I think the the fun there is we literally took a property that had no story and we gave it a story, and so it was it wasn't us trying to fit the pieces together of an existing property. It was us, you know, literally writing a, a, a world for this game to fit into. And so, and I think, I think we could do that with this. Yeah, um, I think so too. It's going to be hard, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we can do it. 
Yeah. So, you know, the, the the truth here is we were just like, let's do another board game uh, or tabletop game idea because the, the trouble one was so fun. And we just came off of like a series of like big, you know, 80s and 90s, like VHS era properties like G.I. Joe and Masters of the Universe. And it was like, yeah, we did Chud too. <laughs> or Chud also. Yeah. I'm not Chud too yet. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> right. Um, but I was like, you know, let, let's kind of go back to some of like the weirder ones. And, and this was literally just, wait a second, Shoots and Ladders, as we know it in America, is called Snakes and Ladders in most of the rest of the world. So that sounds pretty cool. Like, you know, and if you just picture the the board, the actual board itself of like a row of squares, you know, however many up and however many across, like a five by ten or something like that. And then you just have like snakes across the board. And I couldn't help but think that some kind of a story about a tower of snakes would be a fun thing to talk about. <laughs> and that was the end of the discussion when it came to picking this topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the problem is that that was the end of the discussion when it came to picking this topic, because I have no idea what to do beyond let's talk about something with a tower of snakes in it. <laughs> well, let's 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 start with the basics. So, I mean, uh, for for anyone who who doesn't know the game, it's literally a race to the top. That's all it is. It's a race across the board. You know, the ladders will help you get there quickly. Uh, the snakes or the shoots, you know, will drop you back down. So it's literally just a race to the finish. That's all it is. No real rules. <laughs> like, yeah, and no and no skill either, because you're just yeah. rolling dice most of the time. Right, just get there quick. Um, but there there are some interesting ideas here. Uh, when I when I was reading about it, um, stuff I didn't realize that uh, was a first uh, originated in India, and um, yeah. the the whole the idea of the snakes and ladders. Apparently, they were uh, like vice and um and like sin you know like evils and there were virtues and good like and i didn't realize that they were represented by that so i thought that was kind of fun that's something that can be played with um for sure you know because the the snakes apparently they represent disobedience vanity vulgarity theft lying drunkenness debt murder rage greed pride and lust so that's the different snakes on the board they all have those representations Mm -hmm. and then the the good stuff uh, is faith, reliability, generosity, knowledge, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, but uh, ascetism, uh, yeah, severe self self discipline. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. So yeah, no, I was just going to say like I think that's kind of interesting that this just race to the top type of game is it deals with vice and virtue and also deals with like apparently uh, you know getting to the to the top is like the you know ascension. Like you, you've made it to the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of I, I read this. I read the same uh, the same backstory, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of um, like symbolism there toward you know gaining like enlightenment, like or you're yeah. you're, near, you're approaching heaven, or you're approaching like the realm of the gods as you go up the ladders or or staircases. Uh, we're talking about like Indian uh, mythology and history, but also you know even in Christian and Jewish theology, there's this idea of like a stairway to heaven. You know, right. <laughs> where, have heard, where have I heard that before? <laughs> you know, or, oh, or Jacob's, yeah. Jacob's Ladder, you know. Um, yeah, but then, or, of course, you know, there's also the, the Christian and Jewish mytholo- uh, mythology and symbolism of a snake or a serpent being something associated with, like, evil and sin. And so, yeah, there's also, 
in contrast to the ascension to heaven or enlightenment, there's the descent into you know sin and hell or debauchery or whatever. Um, or it could just be something as simple as you know the contrast that I read uh, of like karma versus comma, right? Whereas yeah. the karma being your destiny of like where you're going, what you have ahead of you, and the comma being the desire that you have that isn't necessarily in line with your destiny. It's the things that yeah. you want and those are often associated with like, you know, uh, earthly or, or base desires, you know, carnal pleasures and yeah, things it's, like it's that. The right? whole, uh, what is it? Uh, faith versus the flesh idea for Christianity. Yeah, you know, exactly. where it's, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like every world religion has that type of idea in, in, you know, in, around, in and around it where it's like, you know, what you should be doing versus what your body is craving, you know, and and the, the the cravings of the body are sinful and bad. You know that kind of idea. Yep, yep, yeah. That's that's pretty common, definitely across the world. So, I'm glad you mentioned that because when I was doing this, I say research is you know, it's pretty, pretty lame, pretty <laughs> right. lame in terms of like the idea of research. But just quickly, like, <laughs> let me find some facts about this game that we decided to talk about. And yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty interesting that it's been shoots and ladders in the U.S. since like the 40s, but it came over to you know, Western culture from India and that part of the world, you know, Southern Asia from, you know, the English, um, the English occupation of India and, you know, bringing things back, you know, to, to Europe. So they sort of, the, sort of the sort of exotic board game, you know, there's other games like, like Parcheesi, for example, that come from this, the same uh, route, which right. I think is also kind of interesting. So it, there's, there's, it's sort of like this exotic game that became this very silly and simple little kids game, like Candyland. <laughs> <you know? Right. laughs> um, but I also think it's pretty interesting that there's very, very little skill involved in the game. It's really just something that you do that you have very little control over, which I think really does tie into the whole idea of like, you know, karma and destiny. But it doesn't necessarily have to be tied into uh, the Indian culture or mythology i think it'd be cool if it was but you know it's sort of universal so i think as we're talking about what to do you know we could we could we could bring in a lot of different influences you know oh yeah see now <clears throat> for for me like one, one of the things that i immediately thought of when we were talking about like turning this concept into a fantasy story the the first thing that went through my head is it has to have uh indian fantasy imagery so instead mm -hmm. of doing the more, you know, more common, uh, like European mythological stuff that we we often see with stuff like Lords of the Ra or Lord of the Rings and, you know, um, like the Harry Potter stuff, like fuck all that, like set it in more of like in, like if you look up Indian fantasy, there is some gorgeous artwork out there oh, yeah. um, that it's like I I would love to see a fantasy movie in this type of environment. So, like, forget about the whole, like, castles and kings and, you know, set it over over in more of an India setting. Like, I think that would look really cool. Yeah, I agree. And and where I went with that whole, like, Tower of Snakes idea, it, it literally was just, I want to see that on a movie. Oh, hell you know, yeah. I don't, I don't even know <laughs> what it means exactly. I was just thinking, like, that's a creepy image. Mm -hmm. Um but what I initially, where I initially went in my head was two places. One, you mentioned fantasy. Yeah, I was thinking the dark fantasy that was extremely popular, uh, especially in the 80s. You know, I was oh, thinking yeah. it's like Labyrinth and The Dark Crystal and Return to Oz and The Neverending Story was a huge one, you know, and then Legend and even 
Escape to Witch Mountain, you know? Yep, yep. <laughs> there was just a lot of that. And even the animation, like the like the Black Cauldron and the Secret of Nim, were just like this creepy, dark fantasy stuff that it was supposed to be stories for kids, movies made for kids, but they were really kind of scary and creepy. Okay. Um, and even like watching Stranger Things uh, recently, season four, they even mentioned the Neverending Story and how like scary that movie was. And it's like, yeah, you know, it kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the Neverending Story uh, that messed me up as a kid. Like, and I'm sure you'll know the exact scene I'm talking about. Obviously, the 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 freaking horse scene. Oh my God, no, I don't like that. Um, but the two fucking statues. Where oh, he's got, dude. Yeah. That scene terrified me as a Southern kid. Oracle. <laughs> I hated it. Oh, <laughs> I used to close my eyes. Yeah, all it those movies so have scary. scary stuff like that. Like Legend has like when the dude like gets trapped under the ice. Yeah. Oh god. Fucking and Meg then buckle bones, Jesus. Yeah, and fucking uh, in Return to Oz, you guys did that in the William's Closet because it's just a straight up horror movie. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> There's so many things. The Wheelers. Oh God. <laughs> I forget. I forget her name. The 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 lady who had the removable head, and she had the the collection of heads. Yeah, uh, yeah. God, the, the, every one of those movies. Hell, even Labyrinth. Like, I'll be honest. I know Hoggle was supposed to be a good guy, but the first time he popped up, he scared the shit out of me as a kid. Oh, fuck yeah. For me, the scariest part was when she's in that weird, like, junkyard and she bites into, like, the apple that's all rot or the, the peach that's all rotten with, like, worms. And then there's that weird, like, crazy old lady, like, the, with, like, all the shit piled up on her back. And I was just yep. like, what? What is this? Like, what the hell? <laughs> and then just everything about the Dark Crystal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. Like, it's supposed to be so, like, you know, like, it's supposed to be a little bit scary because there's a lot of, like, danger. But at the same time, it's, like, so pretty. And it's, like, elves and and fairies and but like and then there's like these giant like vulture creatures and like beetles the size of a rhino you know it's like oh god <laughs> and fucking agra oh my god the first time i still remember watching this movie for the first time at my grandparents house sitting on the floor next to that big wooden television so you know that's like the tv inside in the yeah, giant yeah. wooden crate <laughs> we had um, those so i'm sitting there on the floor watching it and the, the when she first holds her eyeball up at, at frickin' I forget his name now, but the the Jen. little elf dude, Jen, thank you. <laughs> she like holds her eyeball up and like, mm. I was like, oh, what is that? Right? And then, yeah. Exactly. And then when you see her, like I backed away from the television. My brother thought it was the funniest thing ever and repeatedly freaked me out with Agra. But like, man, <laughs> <laughs> I hated her. <laughs> yeah, dude, all those movies were scary as hell. And I think that's part of the reason why I enjoy The Fifth Element so much. Because yes. to me, The Fifth Element is just a sci-fi version of all of those stories. Like, even, I forget what they're called in the movie, but those big, weird, like, armored guys who look exactly like the Skeksis, but if yep. they were built by Tony Stark, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, but shit, even things like E.T., but, oh. Uh, oh, yeah, it's so scary, right? Like, <laughs> I hate him. Well, then the other place my, my head went besides Dark Fantasy was, again, thinking of uh, Tower of Snakes, and I just think Indiana Jones, and then the fucking Temple of Doom, right? Mm -hmm. So even before I knew that Snakes and Ladders, the game, came from India, I had already had the Temple of Doom imagery in my head thinking, how do we do something with that? You know, or just Indiana Jones in general. And again, another movie made, you know, maybe not for kids, but definitely a family movie that was scary as hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, chilled monkey brains. <laughs> Oh, God, <laughs> fuck no. Oh, man. You know, it took me so long. To, it, actually, it took me until I 
knew as an adult, like uh, Indian people as friends that I was close with, it took me that long for me to realize like how fucked up Temple of Doom really is because it's racist as hell. But also there's and there's and I knew that as a kid. But like even like the little like you mentioned the monkey brains, that whole scene in that dinner when they're eating like the bugs and the brains and the snakes and all that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but but they're in the part of India that they're supposedly in is very like dominated by Hinduism, which is a vegetarian religion, right? right. It's a, it's that, that they, that they, um, they revere all life in general. So to sit down at a dinner and not only to eat living things, but to eat this creepy, weird stuff, you know, at least to, you know, like a Western sensibility, it, it was like, they were trying to show you that these are the bad guys, but like savage, yeah, but it was like the Western audience, all we saw was, ew, gross. But it's like, wait, there actually was like a deeper story there. Like they were trying to tell us that they're, these 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 dudes are not what they seem to be, you know? Right, right. <laughs> it was just kind of badly done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. Very, very ham-fisted, very ham-fisted, very unfortunate. It's still a fun movie, but yeah, <laughs> very, very unfortunate. Well, um, there is that snake scene where they cut open the snake and all the babies spill out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right, so there's there's our snake connection. <laughs> Back to more snakes. Yay! All right, so okay, so I think we ha- we kind of have like a jumble of like influences and ideas. So you know the dark fantasy of the '80s and you know the Indian imagery, um, the history of the game. We got to do something, you know, with a focus on snakes. It's got to be kind of scary, but I think. You know, if we're going to do like a movie idea, you know, like a, a movie for kids, but in the 80s, because, you know, fuck them right. kids from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We, we all grew up traumatized by our tax, you know, shit. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I still like I like legit. I every time I see an image of that, I'm just like, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to see it. I don't, and I, I showed that movie to my kids and I was just, you know, and in my head, I'm just like, I don't want to say anything, you know, and like build it up. I was just like looking at their reaction. And then we went right past the scene and they were just like, oh, our tax. But it was like, that's it. That's all you, that's all it is. Like just oh, our tax. Like where's the weeping, you know, where's the, where's the wailing, you know? It's like with in the eighties, it was just children across America, like jumping out of their seats, wailing, screaming, gnashing I know. teeth. <laughs> well, it wasn't that long ago that there was like this trend on TikTok where it was like, you know, uh, like make a millennial cry in like three words or four words or whatever, or like, or like make it, make a Gen Xer, you know, cry in like, you know, six words or less or whatever. And it was just like, you know, come on, our tax. And it was like, <laughs> Jesus, would you stop? <laughs> yep. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I'll be uh, honest. I haven't watched the never ending story in probably about 20 years simply because those two scenes of Artax yeah. and the freaking statues. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe one day on the boogeyman's closet when we return to <laughs> quote unquote family movie. Yeah. Yeah. Quote unquote is right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So I think, I think we've been dancing around the subject long enough. Like let's, let's dive in here. So 
I don't know if you have like any sort of like a like a lead into a plot, but again, I'm thinking very much of the dark fantasy movies of the eighties and things like Labyrinth, uh, and even like Dark Crystal, like it's always some sort of like a quest. Like there mm-hmm. is an there is like an evil being, an evil creature, spirit, whatever it is, who has like invaded like the normal life, you know, that our hero knows, and now the hero has to go on some adventure through like a fantasy land, you know. And I think at 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 our i think the base of the story could be something like that what do you think so far um well i'll let me let me throw at you what i had written down because like i said i only had a basis i didn't really have characters or any kind of uh like overarching story idea i just kind of had like a few concepts okay um so the the basic concept i i was thinking of uh, you know keeping in mind with the whole fantasy setting i was thinking like okay Screw the the never ending story labyrinth model where it's, you know, uh, somebody from, you know, regular Earth as we know it goes into this fantasy world. So so forget all that. Like, okay. let's let's throw this more of Dark Crystal style where it's just this is the fantasy world. So it's like we, we we'd start off kind of explaining to the viewer, whether it be through like, you know, a text crawl or you know, some kind of narration where it's just like. You know, this is the world that these characters are going to live in. So it's going to be this crazy fantasy world. I was thinking the idea could be almost similar in a way to like the Hunger Games, where it's like people from different either like, uh, you know, villages or communities or, you know, however you want to break them down, have like different champions who go into what we what we would call like the Wildlands, which would be overseen by the gods of this world. Okay. So the thing is going to be a race to where the gods are to get enlightenment. Um, and the reason I, I was thinking five characters, cause there's the, the five like virtues in the game. Okay. So we have yep. like, you know, five different players. And the idea is just to race through this like crazy, you know, wildlands, which would consist of like, you know, jungles and desert and like all different biomes. Right. All the while being hunted by the snakes. So I have these like, and when I say snakes, not just like regular snakes, like giant fucking snakes, like big monster snakes, like chasing after them. And if they, you know, if they end up getting them, that person now becomes one of the snakes. So they become one of the many creatures populating the wildlands, making it harder and harder and harder for, you know, each contestant to reach, you know, the the end where the gods are to reach their their goal. Okay. So yeah, like oh, like I, I said, just a basis. <laughs> no, no, I think that that's great. No, I'm glad you went there because. Uh, just to back up just for a second, I was very much thinking like, you know, real world person goes into fantasy world, you know, to, you right. know, to learn some moral lesson or, you know, you know, save, become some, uh, you know, some white savior or some bullshit, right. you know, <laughs> um, but I was thinking very much like, uh, I don't know if you've seen that, that show, that Mindy Kaling show uh, called uh, Never Have I Ever, which is, um, it's, yeah. you know, it's like a, it's about a young, like, you know, Indian uh, Tamil girl who, or young woman, you know, who is is dealing with coming from a traditional Indian family, but living in America and everything that like modern American culture, you know, has to offer. So it's sort of like, you know, TikTok versus the temple kind of a, you know, kind of a, a, gotcha. a story, a story of contrasts, you know? And mm-hmm. I was thinking like, man, I would love to do like a never have I ever, but like, you know, have her fall into like the labyrinth, but it's like, you know, it's, you know, inspired by like the, you know, Vedic gods or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I'm glad. Let's just throw that out, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> because I'm like, no, this is better. I like this idea. And you had mentioned like, let's get like five characters and send them into was it? Would you say the Wildlands? Yeah. Um, 
So what if it's like a rite of passage, right? What if it's oh, okay. like they're all 13, 14, something like that, like they're, they're, they're tweens or young teens. And the idea is that like in order to gain, uh, you know, full adult status in this society that they live in, they need to go into like the wildlands and, you know, face the reality of this world we live in. Like they've been protected, ah, you know, in okay. this village, but the reality is that there are monsters in this world, but there are also gods that we have to pay like tribute to and, you know, and worship to. And the gods sort of, you know, protect us from, you know, this world of monsters. And that way we, we sort of have this like very literal physical manifestation of like the sin or like the darkness in the world as right. these monsters versus like the enlightenment, the good things, which are these gods. And yeah. So I, I kind of want to throw that in there that they're going on this journey to like reach the, like the Mount Olympus or, you know, the, the version of it in this uh, mythology where they have to like reach the gods and, and pay some sort of a gift or a tribute. But in order to get there, you know, they have to go through the wildlands. Oh, okay. Hold on. I, I, just jump jumping onto that. Um, so, what if throughout the the game or the 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 journey, I'm trying to think of how the ladders would fit in, right? So you'd mentioned like the Tower of Snakes thing. What mm-hmm. if there were these these towers like throughout, like populated throughout the wildlands, like leading up to the final tower, which you know whatever we can figure out whatever the MacGuffin device is that we need to get them to, uh, whether it be like you know that's where they they reach enlightenment or that's where they find they pay tribute to the gods or whatever it is. Um, what if there are like these smaller towers throughout the wildlands that that's how they they can reach a point of protection at night. So it's like okay, they're being yeah. cha- chased through the wildlands, and if they get up the tower and like light this beacon, you know the snakes are kind of like held back at bay. So again, kind of keeping with oh, the idea yeah. of like you know virtues and like good. So it'd be like the the light in the tower. I know I'm going very literal with this, but no, good. Keep, keeping the sin or the monsters back by by lighting it. But they have to reach by nightfall, otherwise they'll be overtaken by the darkness. Oh no, I think that's great. Okay, shit. Okay, light bulbs, right? Um, <laughs> the light bulbs are going off, right? That's like our, our catchphrase. Um, right. So, uh, two things I thought of, and I don't want to f- forget both of them because I think that they're both uh, really going to add on uh, pretty organically to what you said. So I love that. I love the idea. We need to include the symbolism, uh, both like literal and uh, implied, of you know the, the the snakes and the ladders or the stairwells uh, and like the monsters or whatever. So yeah, we should literally have this visual motif of stairs. And so like if you've ever seen like an Indian step well, that's yeah. where where I just immediately went with that. Where typically they're built like down into the ground, right? They're wells, but they uh, traditionally, you know, certain uh, communities in India would dig out the, these wells into groundwater, but they would dig them out into these huge, almost like inverted temples, you know, with all mm-hmm. these like layers of steps going down. And then it would be a place for the community to gather and they would do like rituals there or like religious ceremonies or just a place to cool off because it's like down in the ground away from, you know, like a, the high temperatures. And so I really like that imagery but let's just do it like in both directions, right? So okay. maybe to the point where even like the society where they live, like they have lots of these step wells, or maybe even like their whole village is built on like on terraces and tiers, you know, all the way up from the well at the bottom up to, you know, like they have like their little like local uh, temple of worship at like the top, right? Okay. So I really like the idea of, yeah, about these towers 
and they could, let's have them be built almost like they're like these spiral staircase towers, you know, or 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 maybe not spiral, maybe like a zigzag, something that would be like difficult uh, or kind of confusing to our snake creatures. Maybe not like in reality, like a snake could could climb it, but there's <laughs> right. some, but there's some, there's something about it where it's like off-putting. Yeah, and and literally light a beacon at night, and not only would that like keep the monsters at bay, you know, keep the darkness uh, away, but mm-hmm. it would be like a a symbol to like the community back home, and you could have you know the families or the supporting cast who literally are like, oh, the second beacon, there it is, like somebody right. made it, you know, someone made it that far, and then the audience kind of has this this meter, like this countdown of like, okay, we got to get to like the fifth beacon and then we'll be at the you know at the the big uh stepped temple you know right oh i like that (laughs) okay yeah so let's do that so those are the two things i wanted to mention was i really like the idea of like of like counting like the towers and again maybe it could be five because maybe you know just like those the five people the five virtues you know we, we kind of maybe there's some importance to that number or we just pick it and kind of stick with like the motif you know the right. number five and the stairs and the snakes um and then the snake creatures, I, I was I was looking up um, more and more things about like India and snakes and wh- how does that tie into their, their mythology? And I couldn't believe that it didn't occur to me before because I've heard of these creatures, but the 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 naga, right? N a g a, which is you know it's sort of a half man, half snake like mythological creature in certain Hindu uh, belief systems, uh, sometimes referred to as the nagini which i'm like i'm just now realizing that that's where the snake <laughs> yeah. from harry potter gets the name from i probably yep. should have connected that before <laughs> um <laughs> yeah no I, I that that was that was one of those moments where i was like oh that's awesome because again being a huge warcraft fan i'm i i got familiar with the naga at a young age and, and then eventually you know kind of found the actual mythologies around them yeah so there you go so i think that's a cool idea so yeah we could we have maybe not we could have like actual literal snakes of like all different sizes, including these like giant ones that are maybe they're like implied that, Oh, they're coming, you know, at certain, certain parts of the story. But I really want to see like these sort of like half snake, half human creatures, or maybe like there's a variety of them. Some of them are like, all human but with like snaky faces and some of them are just all snakes and then oh, like yeah. every variation in between you know what i mean like you have like globulus you know <laughs> with like the snake tail and like human body like a centaur and then you mm-hmm. know just snakes who can talk or like the snake that just has arms for some reason <laughs> well what if we did like there there's six different breeds because again there's the or was it six all oh, let me see here one, two, three, four, five. No, there's more than that. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So there's there's twelve different uh, snakes on the original board. Um, okay. So what if like yeah, we have like up to twelve different varieties. So we have like some that are like these big behemoths, like not quite Dune level sandworms, but like maybe like Beetlejuice level sandworms, where they're like these yeah. you know big fucking monster snakes that could swallow you in one bite. Then we have like maybe the the medusa style like gorgon snake person where it's like they're very you know they're they're very snake like but they have a human upper body but they're still scaly and like just creepy looking uh like you said like the 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 globulus thing kind of would fit into that mold too uh maybe we have like the more traditional naga where it's just a serpent with a human's face you know kind of like the beetlejuice snake um, okay yeah you know maybe we have maybe we have one like quetzalcoatl where it's like a winged serpent 
Oh, that'd be that's, cool. Yeah. Like, you know, that's flying around chasing after him, like spitting venom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and then, oh, yeah, nice. we could, we could have like one that are like mostly human, like fully upright, like, you know, with, with two legs, but like a long snake tail and like a frilled cobra head, you know, just like, kind of like the, the monster from dreamscape, you know? So we could, yeah, we mm-hmm. could play around with all different breeds of monsters. Plus I think visually it would be awesome to have like a giant feathered snake monster flying down from the clouds. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude, that'd be scary as fuck. <laughs> right? Okay, okay. So I have to introduce another idea. Okay, I think that this all just gelled for me. Okay, so <laughs> believe it or not, uh, I'm going to in- introduce an idea from Breath of the Wild. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, not even actually from the game, but something that was inspired by it. So my son and I were talking the other day about Breath of the Wild and about the the divine beasts in the game and just sort of, you know, we were just chit chatting and he was playing the game and he hadn't played it in a while. And he was making comments about how he really likes all the shrines, but I think like a lot of players, he wishes there were more like big temples, you know, uh, mm. there's really only four or five of the DLC, like major temples or, you know, the, uh, that are associated with these uh, divine beasts. Uh, and they're all like pretty similar to each other. But anyway, so he was like, well, you know, there's this lightning uh, based camel in the desert and a water based like elephant in like the Zora's domain, like the watery area. And there's a fire or lava based like giant lizard and um, like an air or wind based like flying bird. And he was like, well, if there was more like what would you do? Like, and we were just kind of like spitballing ideas, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you and I both like to do, you know, yep. <laughs> we have a whole podcast about it. Um, <laughs> and what we came up with was, Oh, there's this whole area of the map, the Farron region. That's a huge area of the map. That's like a jungle uh, that doesn't really have like a divine beast associated. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a divine beast in that jungle and it was a giant snake and, um instead instead of like lightning or wind or fire or water we we did like light and darkness because there was no like mirror shield in this game that was something that was in previous games in previous games there was very often a temple that would be like a shadow temple or like a some kind of a death related temple and you would have to get like a mirror shield or a lantern or something like that and say they were playing with the light and darkness and so it just occurred to me that we're sitting here talking about a story about snakes and you were like, hey, we should light beacons at night. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what if the idea was that they were literally bringing the fire back to the gods, sort of a reverse of the ah. Prometheus concept? So what if and nice. this isn't it's not just like a rite of passage. It's a ritual where. Every time there is like a solar eclipse and like the world goes dark, this culture, this community, they believe that the gods have failed, that they have lost a battle in the like eons old war of like good versus evil. And they need their like helper people to bring the fire back to the mountain so they can like light up the world again. And obviously the sun came back out. So it's really more of a tradition than it is like they, they actually need to bring the light. But that's the whole purpose is they get the, the people who are about to be like the new adults who are going to be graduated into like adult society. And you get 
and, and we happen to have five of them at this time when this particular eclipse happens. And so, okay, the five of you, you know, take the fire back to the mountain. And that's one of the reasons why they're lighting these beacons. It's like, okay, we got this far, you know, so that this way now, even if it rains it's or whatever, you know, the reality of the real world, you know, where right. – we have this beacon lit, so we've come this far. Now we have to get to the next one, the next one, and we have to carry the fire up the mountain and, like, you know, light this uh, bonfire or, or or lighthouse or something that's at the top, and that'll yeah. be like the culmination of the ritual. And of course, because of the solar eclipse, all the the Nog creatures, they're all coming out of the woodwork because their tradition is that this is their chance to like take over the world. Nice. Okay, I like that much better than the idea of a race. <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, again, that's that's the most boring part of it, that it was just a race. So, yes, I, that is fucking brilliant. I love this. Oh, okay. thanks. Thanks. So, okay, yeah. So, oh, dude, and this also – ah, okay, light bulbs. <laughs> this this gives a perfect, con, a perfect uh, opportunity for some of the five to fall victim to, like, to vice and sin. Oh, so okay. So we can have some backstabbing amongst the humans so it's not just, you know – humans versus weird cgi monsters <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah but what if like you know much like how many mythological stories do we have about a serpent tricking a human you know what i'm saying like there, <laughs> yeah of course there's so many <laughs> so it's uh. like what if we ha yeah like what if we have like one of the serpents like get in the ear of one of the you know one of our main characters and they end up like screwing them over maybe they maybe they douse the flame and now they have to go back to the previous temple to relight you know the beacon so like they've just oh, okay, cost yeah. them a day's travel or something you know so we can we can have that kind of backstabbing play throughout yeah. You know, and maybe like we bickering, can... bickering with each other. Yeah. And like, I'll carry the torch. No, you carry the torch. Or it's my turn or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, dude, that, that that's perfect. <laughs> so yeah, no, th this is awesome. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna, I, I'm, I'm shocked still that, that this is gelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, I really thought this was going to be the episode where we sat here scratching our heads. I know. Right. Oh, shit. OK, so boom, light bulb. Um, <laughs> So what if it's not just a ritual that's like uh, like a ceremonial thing that they just kind of go through the motions? Like if they if they really are sending like teenagers out into the wildlands where there's actual danger of like snake monsters who can actually kill them, it has to right. be. It's probably more than just like a like a like a, a coming of, of age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like I said, a coming of age like rite of passage. So what if it's that? Their belief is that after the, the again after the eclipse, like the gods have like lost a battle, and so or maybe they've lost one of their own. Like one of the gods has fallen in like the the spiritual war, right? Mm -hmm. So what they're doing is that they're taking these not quite adults, and they're saying that okay, like once you graduate to being an adult and you see how the world really works, like you know the scales have fallen from your eyes you've eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil whatever like you understand how the world really works it's like you'll always be you know human you'll always be bitter and jaded and and prone to bad choices and you'll always be you know imperfect in some way you know you'll have your temptations and your vices and so instead of graduating to a adult instead what if you were to ascend to godhood 
so they're literally taking these kids and they're saying, bring the fire back to the to the mountain. And whoever gets there with the torch is going to take the place of the fallen God and like ascend into godhood. And that's why the Naga are like, fuck, no, we're going to go up there and ah. asc- ascend into godhood. And that be- so then the struggle becomes much more real because not only is there higher stakes, but also it plays into what you were saying about how the backbiting and the fighting and the competition and they're going to be the humans are going to be really, really like like open to suggestion and temptation because they're already, they already think only one of us is going to make it to the top of that mountain. Right. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. This is, that that just made the threat like so much more, you know, palpable. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh man. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. So maybe we need some characters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely, definitely need a, I I have no idea what we would name these people, but (laughs) We well, we know we want we want five characters, so we, we got to have you know a mix of, of of you know men and women or you mm-hmm. know boys and girls depending on the age bracket, I guess. Um, but yeah, so uh, well, okay. Well, right right off the bat, I'm gonna say I I think it's pretty common in this sort of like 80s dark fantasy genre for like a female main character, right? I think mm-hmm. not not totally across the board, obviously. With things like Neverending Story, but uh, I, I think maybe there could be more. So uh, my good friend Amit is a Hindu uh, from Delhi, uh, and being the, uh, the the white Texan that I am, and I don't you know know a lot about uh, this culture or like the naming conventions or right. whatever. I'm just gonna say my friend Amit. He has a daughter named Mishka, so I want to just use that name. So let's okay. let's, let's let's have a, a one of our main one of our let's say maybe two main characters and three, maybe not as, you know, as prominent making out the five. So let's go with Mishka for one of them. Okay. No, I, I, that, I'm cool with that. Um, I, yeah, I'm much like you. I am not familiar uh, with, with a lot of like traditional Indian names. So I'm going to, you know, show my, my uh, lack of knowledge if I try to like pick names. <laughs> um well, so, let's just do this then. Let, let's just go with my friend Amit's family, right? Again, okay. you know, they're 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 from the right region of India that we're kind of talking about in terms of like the belief system. So, again, his daughter's name is Mishka. Uh, he has a son whose name is Nakshatra, which I guess translates to, to something like zodiac. Um, but they, but they just call him Naksha for for short. So I hope okay. Mishka and Naksha don't sound too similar. But I think we could use those names. Um, his wife's name is Lihar. Or, or I, I'm not sure if it's, uh, I think he's, uh, and this is me showing my ignorance. And again, he's my friend. And I'm like, I think it's traditionally supposed to be pronounced Lehar, but she, she pronounces it Lehar. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe I have it the other way around. Um, so, but there's a couple of names right there. And, and his name is Amit, which is actually a really, really common name, uh, at least where he's from. You know, there's, there's a ton of those. Um, so I'm not sure if that would be the best choice, but I kind of like Mishka, Naksha, and Lehar. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good with all these. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just well, writing them down so I can remember. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Let's come up with two more. Um, I'm not sure that it really matters a whole lot how accurate we get them to like a specific culture since this is sort of a fantasy world. So, you know, just again, naming things after, you know, real people that I know. Uh, I have another, uh, a Southern Indian uh, coworker, um, She's from uh, the the Bangal- Bangalore or Bengaluru region, and her name is uh, Shilpa. So we can maybe just use that name. I'm not sure how common that is, but I, I like the sound of it. 
You said Shopa is the name? Shilpa. Shilpa. S-H-I-L-P-A. Oh, okay. Okay, and then we just need one more. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah. And this is just really more for talking points. Like, I'm not sure how much we really have to, like, you know, flesh the characters out a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, well, we should probably have at least one more male since we have uh, three female. Okay. Yes, I'm glad you're running it down. I was just I was just throwing out names. Um, <laughs> let me try and think. Uh, well, whatever. Let's just let's just use Amit, I guess. My, we'll just use my friend. We we'll use his name uh, for for lack of uh, anything better for now. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, that works. Um. Okay, so we got we got our characters. Um, do we want any of them to be related? Like, do we want uh, like Mishka and Naksha to be like brother and sister uh, to kind of have that like you know Cain and Abel thing going on? Yeah, I think that could be cool, especially since their names are kind of similar. You know, in in real life, they are siblings. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That'd be that'd be kind of cool. And again, it would add a little bit more you know to the drama. Um, and then you know maybe just based on the fact that like shilpa like the name comes from like a different like you know culture within the the subcontinent maybe you know shilpa is a little bit more of like an outcast or she's not as close as the rest of them you know she's the okay. she's she's the goth of the group you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know maybe the one that the rest of them are worried about because she's already so she's so moping and dark all the time you know right. and and you know that's going to be the character that we're that the audience is going to think Oh, the the snakes are going to be able to to get to her, but maybe mm-hmm. we we turn it on its ear and have one of the the brother or sister, either you know Mishka or Naksha, maybe have one of them get mm-hmm. influenced by a serpent, you know. So it's like mm-hmm. you know there there are the, you know they're the ones that everyone's going to be hoping for, obviously, because it's going to be like oh the 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 young brother sister duo, you know. But then it's like here we have one of them turn bad. Yeah, yeah, that that would be good. I like that. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. And of course, we're, uh, you know, coming from a Western influence, we're we're gonna have to flip it on its ear. We can't have we we can't have uh, Mishka be influenced by the serpent because then that's just the Adam and Eve thing. <laughs> like yeah, we have yeah, to have yeah. It be Naksha. Yeah, exactly. I think Mishka should kind of be our more of our standout character. Yeah, I think Naksha yeah. could be the one who kind of like falls, you know, victim to the temptation. And then you know, Lehar, based on the real life mother, maybe. She, they're all about the same age, these characters, but maybe she's the one who's like a little bit mature, more mature than the rest of them. You know, she's the one who's, who's always trying to get them to like work together and like, you know, come on guys, stop all this fighting. And, you know, we have to be grownups about this, you know, she's right. a little bit more like practical minded, you know, maybe she's a little, a little old for her age, you know, a little, yeah. an old soul. No, I dig it. I dig it. Um, so yeah, so we got, uh, you know, uh, Shulpa being the more like goth, you know, troubled looking character who's kind of the outsider uh mishka and naksha being our, our two kind of like lead characters um you know naksha being the one who's going to get influenced by the 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 sins or the snakes or whatever we want to call them uh lehar being the am i saying that right lehar yeah i think so okay uh being the um kind of matronly you know character trying to keep everyone together so we got to have Amit be the hothead then because we need oh, Amit. yeah <laughs> Which is funny because in real life, Amon is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we got to have like the, you know, not not really like he's out to prove something, but the one who's going to like rush in without a plan, you know, like yeah. if they're, they're yeah. surrounded by snakes. He's going to be the one running in with a rock to like clobber one in the face. Yeah, exactly. He's the exact opposite of Lehar, right? <laughs> Where, <laughs> right. You know, she's very practical and he's just like, come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like, kill it now. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> He, he's gonna he's gonna be the oh god what did we what did we name um 
Chunk's son in uh, uh, Grunge. So he'll be the Grunge oh. of this group. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just kept calling him back. I couldn't think of anything better than like, Grunge from Gen 13, but let's just right. go for it. Yeah. <laughs> just have him jump in all brash and start kicking ass and taking names, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Okay, yeah, so... And what's okay. cool is we, we can start the movie with like we see this eclipse and then we can kind of like zoom in to like the the town elder or wise woman or somebody who's like telling the story to like the gathered children. Like, you know, every every time, you know, the, the sun is occluded by you know Mother Moon, you know, dot, dot, dot. Right. And kind of filling the story vis- visually just I, I have to concept or uh, comment on this. The, visually, I, I would want it to be either like the Deathly Hollows storytelling moments or like the Candyman uh, you know, requel where they do the shadow mm-hmm. puppet storytelling. So like some kind of cool, like, you know, pu- almost like shadow puppets or like, you know, painted imagery kind of moving to tell the, the visual story as, as the, you know, the elder gives the, the, you know, narration over top of it. So it's kind of setting the, the, the idea of what I'm seeing. <laughs> No, I think that's perfect. And it kind of and it ties into the whole like light and darkness motif, too, that we've created. If you like are literally telling a story in shadows, which is darkness created by light. So it kind of ties together, you know. So that's perfect. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Plus, just visually, that, that would look amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so that that solves our problem in terms of like you know an opening crawl or a narration or something like that. Um, I just watched The Dark Crystal not that long ago, uh, just kind of thinking of like some just some inspiration as I was toying with the idea of recording this episode. And man, I got that big, the beginning of that movie is so boring. <laughs> It's, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's just, man, they they just like they tell the story of the Dark Crystal first of all twice in the first like five or ten minutes of the movie, and then it's like the story of all of this race of people and that race of people, and it's like Jesus, can you just if you ever heard of show not tell? Like, can we just get to the point? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a big fan of like the the type of like like Star Wars. I loved the way Star mm-hmm. Wars did it. I, I think everybody can agree on that. The text crawl, you jump right into the story. And it's just like, hey, here are these two factions. Here's why they're fighting. You know, here's what's at stake. And giant ship chasing little ship. You know, yeah. it's just like I Go. like that type of storytelling where we get the 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 basic premise or the world that we're about to watch and then just jump right into the action. Nope. Did I lose you? Yeah, I totally agree. I think we can do that right here. We can do exactly like we can, you know, we we start with like the camera, like looking at the sky and here here comes the eclipse and you pan down and there's the elder telling the story to all the gathered like children. And then as he's telling the story, you can just have the camera sort of or, you know, you can show the animation. And then when the animation is over, it's like, boom, there's our five people right there. And the same elder is like, you know, like maybe their parents are with them. And the elder is like, you know, you know, Amit, son of, you know, whomever, you know, you've you've been chosen by the, the and maybe maybe there's like a patron god you know like you've okay. been chosen right you've been chosen to represent this god you know and then to go and take uh his place as the the brother you know in in the pantheon at the top of the you know the the step temple and then you know uh you know mishka naksha you've been chosen by the you know the the twin gods whatever i'm not sure i'm not familiar with any you know uh hindu like twin deities but i'm sure there right. is one where it's like you know to to come and join them you know again join the family and, the, and, and then that kind of introduces some of the mythology and the characters names all at once and then right. boom they, they leave that they say goodbye they leave the village and like we're in the wilderness five minutes in yes okay yeah no that's very important um and i like the idea of each of them almost representing uh like a, a different god you know almost this is very like it it, it 
hits on like a lot of stuff I like about Greek mythology where it's like, you know, the champion of different gods. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I like that concept a lot. So yeah, maybe each one is, you know, given a small amount of equipment that they're mm-hmm. allowed to take with them on this, this holy journey. Uh, so like they have like, I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, like a, a prepared torch, you know, that they can light on the first beacon. Um, yeah. Like maybe the, maybe the first, maybe the first beacon is right outside their village you know, yeah. like, or, or their city, like, you know, that's the one that they have kept watch over, you know, for, for decades, like uh, that's, you know, that's their, so they all have to go and they have to light their, their different torches there and then mm-hmm. carry it to the next beacon. But, you know, maybe they have, they have some, you know, some weaponry, not a lot of weaponry, but some weaponry, some rations that, you know, stuff like that. So they, they, they're carrying a small amount of equipment with them. Think like, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, they all leave with like a little, mm-hmm. little satchel, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, but yeah, so right off the bat, I feel like the 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 group should be kind of terrified leaving into the wildlands, um, with the exception of maybe Amit. Like we can kind of see his personality shine here, where it's like, you know, come on, I'll show you the way, type of like, oh, there are no snakes, you know, sir, I'm not afraid of snakes, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you know, just kind of like tromping through the woods like it's nothing. And because of that, we could introduce our first, uh, like our first problem. Maybe he falls down a fucking hole. <laughs> You know, because yeah, we're talking right out the gate. <laughs> right. I mean, we got the shoots and ladders idea. So it's like, you oh, know, there you go. Because <laughs> that's his... right. We are talking about the game, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so his his brashness leads to him stumbling. So it's it's also um, in a way, it's kind of the the vanity um, bit of the, the the sins symbolized by the snakes, because he was so uh, I don't want to I guess it doesn't fit vanity. Per, you know, it's more pride. But I was just saying, like, you know, somebody who's going to be boastful and get out there ahead and end up falling because of it. And then he has to rely mm. on the others to help him out. So maybe his torch goes out immediately. Maybe he falls into a well like there's water down there. Yo, yeah, know? that'd be cool. And it's like well, with, shit. with snakes in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there goes your first torch. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, this is good. Like, yeah, they light all their. I think maybe it'd be interesting if like each of their parents gives them a little package, you know, like here, yeah. you know, take, take my, my grandfather's hatchet or whatever, or take like, you know, take your, you know, your dead uncle's like spear, or, you know, whatever, kind of like, yeah. you know, that way they each kind of, they each kind of get like a weapon in the bag. Yeah. And right. Like you said, they light their torches from like the eternal flame that they keep to keep the darkness at bay outside their village. Yeah. And, you know, Amit just runs out there and he gets like, you know, he makes like 20 steps and then boom, falls down <laughs> like a, like an actual, like a, like a shoot or like a, like a, like a slick you know uh, hill or whatever yeah right into like a pit full of like water and then he's or maybe he's like i ain't afraid of no snakes and then bam he falls in the water and then you know water snakes yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then the rest the rest of them have to get him out and then they're like you know of course it's leahar who's like you know we're gonna have to work together if we're gonna survive in the wilderness you know (laughs) you know and they just immediately show how dangerous it is and we can immediately show all their personalities too yeah, so exactly. it would be like, so we, we already got like the backstory. We see the families, we, we see the, you know, who, which gods chose them and all that. And then right off the bat, we can get this first problem. We can see, you know, Amit being brash, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Shilpa is like kind of hanging back, like nervous mm-hmm. that they're going to get walked up on by some of the monsters out there. You know, Lehar is trying to keep everyone together. You know, Mishka and Naksha are, are already working together because, you know, they're like, you know, twins or whatever. Um, so they're, they're already like finishing each other's sentences, getting out there, trying to help Ahmed out of the pit. Um, yeah. so we, we could get to know each of these characters really fast yep. and, and see like, 
okay, this is this is kind of what we're in for for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be that'd be perfect. And then like have them kind of like go through all that, you know, we kind of meet each of them in terms of like their personality, like you just said, and then, you know, they go off and here's, you know, Shilpa kind of hanging back a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, doing that thing where she's like grabbing, you know, her elbow with one hand, you know, yep. kind of like, you know, uh, you know, kind of folded in on herself as she's kind of walking around following him. And then we, the camera pans over and it, right now it's like daytime, but the, cause it's like the morning, but the camera will pan over and in, in like the darkness of a shaded tree, you just see this like snake face look out like dun dun dun, like there's yeah. something something is already watching them you know like they haven't made it you know 20 feet and it's like boom danger you know learning a life lesson and here comes the monsters you know so it's like you know five ten minutes into the movie and we've suddenly we've been introduced to everything that we need to know um so this is awesome right we can we can kind of fast forward a little bit from here because you know we talked about how there's going to be that drama they're going to they should get to the first beacon i think kind of all together and then you know or maybe they get there like pretty easily and they're like of course amit's like hey this isn't so bad you know like we still got like two hours of daylight like we should keep going and lehar is like well no no we should make camp for the night while we have a chance like you know while you know while we can you know stay up on the tower you know because of the you know the naga and then you know of course amit or noxia or somebody is like bah naga like those aren't real you know <laughs> that's just what they, they they tell us to keep us you know like from you know from doing our chores and eating our vegetables you know like right. it's just the, the boogeyman stories you know and of course then we're you know Lehar is going to kind of get her way. They're all going to camp down like, you know, stupid sister, whatever, you know, and, and, but sure enough, like, you know, we're going to pan the camera maybe up and then you see the whole tower just surrounded by all these like snake creatures just, just outside of the shadow or just outside of the light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we could, we could even show like maybe up in the sky, like weird winged serpents, like circling like vultures. Oh, so yeah, like sure. we can, we can kind of see some of the different creatures. Um, I think when they get to the second tower, it's like maybe they do face some trials like and maybe it isn't quite, you know, like monster related yet. Like maybe they there's like just pitfalls and, you know, random, you know, difficult terrain and stuff that they have to cross and work together to try to get to that second tower. Maybe right before they get to it, like maybe it's it's surrounded by like jungle vines or something. They got to like hack their way through. Mm-hmm. I want to have a moment again where that that snake faced creature watching like watching from the shadows, maybe like they're in a darker section of the, of the jungle. So it's like, there's a lot more uh, canopy blocking the sunlight, you know? So let's Mm -hmm. have, let's have Shilpa like looking around nervously like she was before and like turn and lock eyes with the snake creature watching it or watching them out of the, the shadows. So the viewer would think like, Oh shit. Like, you know, because how many, again, how many movies have we seen a snake charming a human? Yeah. (laughs) Let's (laughs) go back to the jungle book for a minute. Um, So have that happen and like cut away and then show like them getting into the tower and like maybe Mm. Shilpa's like acting a bit strange. And we think that she's under the influence of one of these creatures, but in reality, she's terrified. Like it's scared the hell out of her. So because of her acting strange, the others are going to start mistrusting her. So we can have like that. We can build that tension of, you know, she's the outsider. She's going to, she's going to make us fail. You know, so, uh, yeah. And because of that, now they're becoming, you know, rageful and angry, you know, and they're, they're, they're assuming that, you know, she's the bad guy. So they're all kind of turning on her. So they're falling victim to the, again, the, the representation of the sins. They're falling victim to that because of their own fear. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. That, and I think each each of them should have like a setback before they even get to that second tower, maybe that third tower. Like, yeah, Amit like fell in the pit, but that was just more of like, okay, you know, uh, lesson learned, you know, right out the gate to take right. things seriously. But like to your point, right? So Shopa has this sort of temptation where, again, everyone thinks that she's, you know, being seduced by the darkness, but really she's just afraid, right? Obviously, yeah. but like uh, we should we should see that Mishka, as she she has to be like sick, like she gets bit by something, maybe not a snake, but like a bug or uh, or prick by a dangerous plant like you know she has a physical uh ailment right off the bat like she's sweating and like shaking and like you know she's okay she's pressing on but you know she's not doing well you know right um and then maybe like maybe Naksha, like you know he already lost his weapon like he you know got startled and like threw his like hatchet at something and it was like that's it <laughs> you know like, right. so he's like disarmed on like the second day uh, <laughs> um sucks you know, to be him <laughs> exactly right <laughs> you know and and maybe you know and maybe uh maybe at some point Ahmed is like he make he makes mention of like man like all my food got ruined when i fell in that pit you know so yeah. he's getting more and more like bitter and angry because he's like literally hangry you know yeah. <laughs> where he, he has all of his like faculties and all of his like weapon or whatever but he's just like my food got fucking ruined and you know now what am i supposed to eat you know um, right so they each all kind of have this like setback you know and 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 maybe lehar's doing great you know and we kind of maybe play it up like oh you know she's very capable you know she's maybe she's gonna get there she's gonna become like the goddess because like look how good she's doing you know right. But like what we don't know is that she's completely coming apart on the inside because she's dragging the other four of them, like <laughs> kicking and screaming like the whole way. And she really should just be leaving them behind because uh, eventually they, they're they going to realize, wait a second, like, why are we working together in the first place? Like only right. one of us is going to make it. And of course, I think Amit should be the one who, who figures that out first or who at least, you know, comes to his senses. But, you know. you know, Lehar is really trying to keep the whole family together and is just like sh- she's going to crack. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and again, Amit being the the brash, you know, the brash one, he's going to be the one that we're going to think is going to, you know, kind of turn on everybody uh like once this kind of comes out more and more, like he's going to be the one being like, you know, see ya, I'm out, I'm running ahead, like that type of thing. But maybe he actually ends up maybe we have to have him sacrifice himself to like save somebody else. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know how far like how much we want to like fast forward cuz I, I I think the the pathway to the temple is ahead of us. I don't know that we necessarily need to go through like every, you know, trial along the way. Right. I think, you know, unless you disagree, I think we can kind of jump ahead and like to like, let's get to the, like well, I keep saying like the temple and the mountain. I'm just thinking of like, you know, this giant tiered stepped temple. It's like so high. It's like, you know, almost to the clouds or whatever, or at least it seems, you know, daunting that they have to climb this thing, you know, cause yeah. that, that was a thousand steps or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I, th- I think along the way, like I said, you know, they're not all going to make it. Um, yeah. And I think Shilpa definitely should. I think, uh, me, you know, yeah, Mishka and Naksha definitely should. But I think what's, what's going to happen, like you said, is, you know, Amit is maybe he makes it like like maybe they get they get all the way there. And then what they find is that between between the wildlands and where the, like the, the foot of the temple is, you know, there, there's some kind of a danger. Maybe it's like a moat full of, you know, snakes or maybe, 
they just come across like an army of the Naga who are like, this is our last chance. Like we're just coming out of the darkness. We're just going to do this thing. You know, mm-hmm. there's some kind of a threat where they think, Oh, like, yeah, we find we've almost made it. And then, Oh shit, you know, something <laughs> terrible. And this is where, you know, you know, Ame is going to, you know, he's going to sacrifice himself to save, you know, one of the others. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, I think Lehar, like she, she needs, she needs to crack. And what we need to find out is that all the while we thought Shilpo was being like tempted by, you know, the snake creature. What we've discovered is that it was Lehar all along, you know, she was just being chipped away at, you know, with, yeah. with the whis the whisperings of like, why are you bothering? You're dragging them behind. They're just slowing you down. Like it's all, it's always you taking care of your younger siblings. And here it is all over again. Like it's all, you, you know, why is responsibility always on your shoulders? Like when has anyone ever asked you if you need anything, you know, when's when has anyone ever taken care of you, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, just really pushing her to just say like, you know, fuck all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I think the, 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 the key takeaway from this fast forward is that each of the, the beacons leading up to the final temple, we're going to see them cracking more and more and more. So we're going to see, you know, Shilpa being more and more frightened, you know, Amit getting kind of angry about the whole situation. Uh, Lehar, like you said, feeling like like, you know, she's getting ready to crack because of all the pressure. Um, Maybe uh, Mishka and Naksha, like maybe they're becoming like more argumentative between the two of them. Like they're they're feeling the pressure of only one of them. Like they can't do this together like they've done everything else. Now it's like twins, you know, are going to be separated. So mm-hmm. they're becoming like more and more bitter toward one another. So we can see all this stuff kind of leading up to that final temple where it's like the sins, the vices, the snakes, if you will, have gotten to them on their journey through the wildlands. So much like the idea of like when you go out into reality, like as a child, nothing bothers you. You go out as an adult and suddenly you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. Like that concept of they're out there in the real world with these real monsters and, you know, the idea of of sin and evil and in vice and all that stuff begins to weigh down on your journey throughout life. So, again, yeah, all very like, you know, uh, 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 like a lot of symbology here. But I, I feel like that's the 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 key takeaway from like what each point, uh, like each beacon, we're going to see like how yeah. their story will progress throughout. So at that that final push toward the temple, they're all kind of in it for themselves like fuck everybody out they all have their own reason why they're like fuck you fuck you fuck you but there's only going to be one that's going to be able to make it to the top of the temple or maybe maybe you know they don't all die but maybe only one makes it up there um i I do think some of the characters should die um or Mm -hmm. at least be like questionably killed like we don't know if they died but we don't see them anymore like i'm Mm kind of thinking amit like you said he, he should be the character um the, the the scene I'm picturing, I can't get it out of my head. It's so like, let's picture, you know, they're racing up this this tower, right? Like they're trying to get to the top of the temple. And there's like the snakes and the naga and like all these different creatures attacking them. And maybe like, you know, one of the big Quetzalcoatl like serpents, the, the winged ones, like comes down. And it's like, you know, spitting this like acid at them, you know, and like it almost maybe it almost gets Lehar or Lehar and, you know, Amit like turns and just fucking jumps off the side of the tower at it, like grabbing it by its jaw. And it just kind of like spins out into the tree line. So we never see oh, what happens shit. to him. But like he takes it down. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. I love that. I love that. Okay. 
let me back up because I think I have a cool idea to set the stage for how that sacrifice is going to be like really awesome. But we can end uh, Mishka and Noxia's story at the same time, like really drive home like that with that Lehar has like gone to the dark side. Like I think we can do it all at the same time. So here's I, I love that. Here's what I'm picturing. Okay, yeah. is okay. So. The last beacon is like right at the foot of the temple. So maybe the problem is that they've been fighting and arguing and like falling into like traps and snares, like literal and turning on each other. And now they don't make it to the beacon before dark. Right. Oh, okay. Right. So it's like they're running behind and now that it's making them fight even more. Like it's your fault, Relay. And now like, you know, now they're scared because they can see the darkness is moving. And like they, we as the audience have seen the snake creatures, but they've never really encountered them. They've maybe they've seen them, they've heard them, but they never really come face to face. And now, you know, they're, they're coming up on this last beacon right at the foot of the temple and they've got their torches or maybe they just have like one left, you know, and, mm. uh, and then they just they just see like there's there's here's that snake creature that like you know head guy we'll call him the uh, the Naga Raja I just looked up as the king of the Nagas apparently so we have the Naga Raja who's there and you know and he's got all of his like different creatures you see him and they're just like blocking the way like you know you oh. failed right you you failed uh, right you know and you, there's no way you're gonna get through this um, and so we. we I'm trying to think who's got the torch, right? So I think maybe uh, maybe it's Amit who's got like the torch. So he's like, you know, come on, guys, like he's going to lead the way because he's going to use the fire to like try to push them back. And they're literally going to be trying to like work their way through like a crowd of these monsters who are attacking them and biting at them. And and all they have is a torch. They're, they're swinging around. Right. I'm just right. Like, uh, I'm getting like the willies just thinking about being surrounded by snakes, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, well, and yeah, I mean, if they're afraid of the, of the, the quote unquote, the holy fire, you know, like whatever the, yeah. the fire that they're like, if that actually does press them back, like, yeah, it would, it would be like, um, freaking, uh, you know, like, like uh, any scene you've seen in a vampire movie where yeah. the characters are trying to stand in sunlight and the vampires are just like snapping their teeth right outside of the light. So yeah, it's yeah, like, exactly. that's kind of the visual I'm picturing here. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Right. So and as they're pushing through, like, you know, they're they're kind of losing it. And I think this is where, like, the final moment of whoever's going to snap is, like, going to snap. Right. And this is where we're going to see um, we see suddenly like Noxia's in trouble and Mishka is just like, whatever, like, you know, I'm I don't know what she says, but she's like she's going to leave him behind. Like she pushes right. on like, you know, like I'm with Ahmed or like you're on your own. Or you, you you better catch up or keep up or whatever. And right. So like Noxious in trouble and he's fallen behind and then we see Lehar and she sees this face and it's this face of this like female Naga, but it's clearly somebody important or some important figure not the not the nagaraja who is like in charge but this is the voice that she's been hearing and she sees this this uh like woman you know it's like this beautiful like snake goddess and she's like entranced by it and of course the rest of them are screaming like lehar come on you know and mm -hmm. and maybe and maybe mishka looks back and she's like you know lehar like Naksha is right there like grab him like she suddenly has this like little bit of a of a of a, of a you know turn of heart or whatever like you know get him and Le but lehar is just entranced and she's hearing the voice of this uh which we're gonna find out that this is uh manasa who i just i, I looked up is the uh the indian uh, the hindu uh goddess of snakes <laughs> um, oh okay 
Yeah. So and and it's and she's like literally, and this is like the serpent in the garden. Like she's enchanting her, ah, you know, enchanting Lehar. And so Noxia's like right there. And what we're gonna see is that Noxia gets grabbed. Lehar does nothing. Mishka turns and sees it, freaks out, and runs to save him. And she just rushes into like the crowd of snakes, and they're gone. Like oh, Mishka, shit. Mishka and Noxia are both gone. But it was like Mishka, she got her redemption at the very end because she like went back for him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. I think that's a good way where we can kind of remove those two characters, you know, whittle, you know, <laughs> uh, sort of cold heartedly as like, you know, the, the God <laughs> authors like whittle right. the party down while at the same time, like giving Mishka a little bit of a, of a finality to her story, you know, and, and, and hell, maybe, maybe Noxia who is like scared the whole time. Like, you know, he fucking mans up and fights at the end, but you know, he goes yeah. down swinging, you know, yeah. uh, but, but Lehar does nothing, right? And it, so instead, we she just joins the crowd, like goes with Manasa, and maybe Amit and Shilpa see it, and they're just like, "What the fuck?" But like, they can't do anything about it. They press on, and okay. so as the, as they press on, what there was there was there was like a, and this is going to be like the big like action moment. There was like a uh, like a rope bridge, right, between like the wildlands and like where the foot of the temple is, and below them it like goes down into who knows what, you know? Yeah, uh, the like abyss. This, the, the steps go both directions, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but, like, the ladder or, like, the like the uh, the rope bridge is, like, damaged. And it's not even a bridge anymore. It's just, like, a rope, you know? Oh, or, like, or, like, a couple of ropes. So now we get Shilpa and Amit who are trying to work together. They're trying to hold onto the torch while, like, climbing, like, hand over hand on this, like, rope, you know, while these snake creatures are just, you know, at this point, they're just, like, laughing at them. Like, ha, ah, we'll just wait for you to fall, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> And so we just have this like this tense moment and, you know, and, and, and maybe they do like they get, they, they, they get it. They finally make it to the other side and maybe Shilpa is about to fall and Amit has to like grab her, but he drops the torch. Oh shit. shit. (laughs) You know? So now they've made it to the temple, but it's dark. It's nighttime. They don't know where they are. The torch is gone. Mishka is gone. Uh, Noxia is gone. Who knows where the hell Lehar just went? And it's just the two of them in like the moonlight, <laughs> you know. And oh, this is shit. this this is like the end of our act two. Like this is the worst possible moment. This is the worst thing that could have happened. Oh damn. Okay. Right. So now are they, they going to have to go back to get another torch because they got to bring the torch to the temple? Well, what or, I'm thinking is what I'm thinking is that they push ahead, right? Is that okay. they're just like at this point, like we've come this far, we can't go back. You know, we could go down, but we don't know what's down there. All we know is up, and the moon is up. That's the only light source we have available. Like, just push on. And, okay. But of course, it's nighttime, so the the naga, like the terrestrial naga, maybe they couldn't like make it over like the rope bridge, or they are, but like slowly. But then you have those like flying ones, right? Yep who are fucking mm-hmm. like swarming like bats. So you have, you know, these two characters who are like trying to make it. Um, and uh, yeah, this is, and this is where you're going to have like the Quetzalcoatls are like coming down and, you know, they're, they're swarming around and maybe they grab Shilpa and Ahmed is like, no, you bastard, you know, whatever. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, that scene where you were, where you were saying where he's going to like sacrifice himself, you know, and fly off with like, you know, the one big flying beast that had Sh- Shilpa and give her a chance to like get away. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Here, no. Here we go. So, what if? Uh. Yeah. What if they're they're climbing the temple? Um. So they're they're making their way up, and yeah, the the you know the snakes are maybe they're smaller ones. Like there's almost like like you said when you said bats. Now I'm picturing them differently. I'm picturing like you know uh like almost like vulture size. So they're still big, but yeah. like you know 
enough to swarm and then you see like the mama one like yeah. the big ass one comes swarming down and it's like you know it, like, I, I, lo- I love the idea of it like spitting some kind of like neon green like glowing acid like spitting all over the side of the temple like just missing them it's like melting the stone um oh nice yeah and, and maybe like it it's 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 cornering uh you know shilpa like it's it's like spitting all around her and it's like swooping back and forth and like the little ones are snapping at her, and this is when Ahmed is just like, you know, he looks at her, he like tells her to go on without him or something like, you know, some kind of like heroic moment, and yeah. he just freaking leaps at the damn thing and like grabs, like I'm picturing him grabbing its bottom jaw mm-hmm. and like pulling down and kind of forcing the oh, yeah. to like like go down into the pit, like he oh, pulls yeah. it like off the side of the temple and it just like falls screeching into the pit. So now oh, man. Shilpa's by herself, and you know Lehar's gonna come back. Yeah. So she's <laughs> yeah. got to make her way up. There. Oh, dude, fuck. Hold on. It just clicked. All right. So the whole point, the whole, the thing is that the freaking Naga are trying to, to get to the temple first, right? Well, yeah. What if, you know, Lehar gets the fucking dropped torch? That's where I was going. <laughs> but she's, but she's yeah. turned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. It just clicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we, we we got to the same place, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking was because you have to get to like the absolute rock bottom moment of the story, for, like really any story. Like that's that's that has to be like uh, you have to get to that point where it's like there's no way you can win this now. Like the heroes have fallen, except you know there's some final miracle from within or whatever. Deus Ex Machina, something happens like to get him out of with that corner they've been painted into. Yeah, so that's exactly what I was thinking. So Shilpa and maybe what it was is while they were fighting these like vulture sized like flying nagas you know at one point like they they managed to kill one of them like they bang it against you know the the, the steps of the wall and so shilpa like she has like this like big talon like this uh toxic poisonous talon so that's what she's using to like fight the rest of them off so she can keep climbing keep climbing you know so she's like right. cli- climbing with one hand and she's you know she's batting off these like vulture things with the other hand and maybe at some point like she, she falls into like a chute or something you know like, <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> and then she has to well actually that, actually that's actually interesting what if she falls like inside of the temple and now she's in this like super like dark place and there's just like these like pin pricks of like moonlight coming from like somewhere and she has to like climb her way back out to like outside where she can see like just fuck yeah. her up you know <laughs> like just well, yeah. sc- scary as shit and, and yeah she has to she has to literally make her way through the darkness what if okay what if in her pack hold on uh, it's going back to something you said earlier about the whole mirror thing what oh. if in in her pack like uh the, the like there's a, a locket or something given to her like by a family member but it has a very polished like mirrored surface to it and okay, she sure. uses that to like reflect the moonlight down the passages to find her way through the darkness oh, and cool. eventually back up like toward like maybe the whole temple is like a big fucking maze you know <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. so she has to find her way through the darkness you know, using this like, you know, talisman from her family. Um, and and that's that's how she finds her way back out to to climb the, the side of the temple again toward the top. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome, right? So at some point, she has to, of course, like, you know, shine the little mirror or whatever. And then there's just, just like this passageway that's like full of fucking spiders. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have more creepy crawlies, of course. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking like Temple of Doom, you know, like yep. the, the tunnel full of like bugs and stuff. Oh, and, uh... I used to hate that as a kid. <laughs> oh, Me too. Me too. Yeah, so she climbs her way back out. And now when she gets outside and she realizes like, oh, the top, it's like right there. But there's like there's light and it's not just like the moon, but there's something bright. Like now she can see as she's getting closer and she gets up there. Right. And, she, and she, maybe that's what she sees. She sees this woman standing there with a torch and she's like, Lehar. And it turns around and it's not Lehar, but it's Manasa. It's this, you know, this goddess of snakes, right? This, this Naga, like, and, and she has the torch. And of course she has to do this whole villain thing of like, Mwahaha! like, you know, <laughs> right. like we, you know, we, we, uh, we slew my, uh, my, uh, my cousin. Oh, I can't think of what, one of, one of the other, uh, Indian gods. I have to like, look up, uh, who Manasseh is related to, but like, you know, um, um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, slew. Oh, oh yeah. They, they slew like Jarat Karu or, you know, Shisha or Vasuki or one of the other ones. Like, you know, we, we and then now I've come to take their place in the Pantheon, you know, mm-hmm. but, and as Shilpa moves forward, uh, she realizes it's not really Manasa. It really was Lehar all along, but she's like possessed now. Like, so late, yeah. late, like Lehar, like, you know, as Shilpa steps into like the light she sees and she's like, Oh no, like it really is Lehar. And she's like, you know, she's turned on everyone and she's been seduced completely by this like snake goddess, you know? Um, and, and there's like this big, there's gotta be, I don't know, like a, I'm thinking the Olympics the whole time with like the torch and like the eternal flames. So that I'm thinking like some kind of giant, like brass bowl or dish or something that they have to like light. And then it's like the gods will descend or something like that. Yeah. Um, right. So, you know, uh, it's kind at of this point, exactly what I was picturing. to be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah. So of course, Lehar is going to do her whole thing with like, you know, like I spent my whole life, you know, taking care of all like my little sisters and taking care of you and the cousins. And like, you know, my parents were never any help. And it was always Lehar this and Lehar that. And, you know, I never had anything for myself. And, you know, now I've seen the light. Ha ha ha. Get it. <laughs> you know, <Same>. you know. <laughs> so now so you decide, but I, because I'm not sure, do we have like shilpa like engage her in some way like maybe she blinds her with a little mirror and like that's exactly what i was gonna say (laughs) or do we have like amit come out of nowhere like haha i survived the fall you know i'm not sure what's the better twist Hmm. or both (laughs) yeah so what we could do is have all right I, i like this so so have the two of them kind of like circling one another right like so shilpa and 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 lehar are are you know they're kind of facing off lehar's obviously possessed by this this snake goddess um you know she's she has the torch so she has the upper hand if she lights that beacon then lehar is going to be the one that is going to go up into the pantheon of gods but possessed by the evil one so it's like it'll basically like it's like a trojan horse almost you know um Mm -hmm. so shilpa has to stop that and she knows she has to stop that but she can't get the torch from her like maybe you know lehar is like physically imposing in comparison to shilpa like maybe lehar is like you know, kind of a, a more like built person in comparison, like Shilpa's kind of like, you know, scrawny and small. Um, so it's like one of those things where she doesn't think she can take her by force, you know, so maybe she does use the reflection to like, you know, blind her. And since she's possessed by the snake God um, or the snake Ooh, goddess, the yeah, the light's going to hurt her. So she's going to like shriek and like flail away. But and maybe she drops the torch there. So maybe, you know, Shilpa runs over to get the torch, but Lehar like jumps on her and there's a struggle 
and maybe this is where we can have like we could hear the screech of that serpent again and totally do a never ending story moment and have like, you know, Amit like pulling on its feathers like on its back. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, like flying it in. Yeah, like flying it like Falcor. You know? <laughs> and like maybe he crashes it into the side of the temple, like killing the serpent, but also like collapsing part of it like onto onto Lehar and like maybe himself as well. Like maybe he's like crushed under the rubble and he like he looks at Shilpa and tells her to go. And like she grabs the torch and like rushes it to the to the brazier and lights it, you know? Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome too. Like if if they, if they do that, like yeah, he smack he crashes this like you know Kesselkowatl like glider <laughs> right it, into like maybe there's like these like like these these columns pillars. or plinths yes. or pillars right yep. and it, like like a surrounding this giant uh, brazier and he like crashes one onto her and then you know the, and um, there's something about the torch where it's like the fire wasn't really like hurting uh, Manasa like the the snake goddess or maybe she was like shielding it in some way because um, I'm just thinking like why would the mirror hurt her but not the fire so we got to like solve that problem you know but whatever um so yeah so like Shilpa distracts her uh Amit knocks the pillar on top of her but then it's like it's Lehar it's like their friend you know uh and and who kept who got him there this whole time and and maybe you know Amit rushes to her and now it's like Lehar's story is like you know it's time for us to take care of you like you're hurt you know like we're gonna take you back and and this is sort of like the culmination of Amit's story too because he's gonna be like mature enough to be like I need to take Lehar home. Like, and like, we need to go get her okay. fixed up. We need to take care of her. You know, Shilpa, you're the only one left, you know? And it's like, he gets to come to maturity, you know, and Lehar gets to be taken care of for the first time in her life. And, you know, that, that, you know, that love and compassion and virtue that, that she's feeling is like, you know, just, I don't know, casting out Manasa or something, you know? Yeah. And, and then, yeah. And then Shilpa, you know, she's the only one left and she's going to, you know, take the torch to light the brazier and then, or the brazier. And then, you know, the, the sky opens up or something like now right. we have to have this, we have to have this like big grand spectacle of like, you know, the gods have come to like, you know, welcome, you know, the one of their own or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Quick, quick, quick fix. Cause you, you'd mentioned the whole, like, why does the fire not hurt her? And you know, why did the, the reflection do? So, okay. What about this? What if, what if it's literally as simple as like the whole, you know, wi- uh, so, uh, eyes being the windows to the soul, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, was it Manasa? Was that the name of the snake goddess? Yeah. Yeah. Manasa. So, so Manasa is, is controlling Lehar, but she's still using Lehar's body as like, you know, like a, almost like a, a machine, like she's, she's piloting it. So the, 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 the heat or the flame, whatever, it doesn't like, it doesn't make her recoil because she's in a human body, but maybe she's like holding it up to the side. So her eyes aren't looking at it, you know, oh, okay. it's just, yeah. it, as simple as it's not in her eye line. So because Manasa's only in her eyes, um, mm-hmm. when, when, uh, Shilpa shines the light back at her eyes, like we can even see like a close up. maybe her eyes look like snake eyes Ooh, and they nice. like, they flash away. And like, we see Lehar's eyes like come back. Like maybe then mm-hmm. the, the light, like, you know, shoot, like kind of shoot the snake out for a minute. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's like, that's how it kind of culminates with the, like, um, you know, with, with her dropping the torch, but, and then we can have like the whole crash scene with the, the giant Quetzalcoatl. Like he doesn't know what's going on yet. And he sees that it is Lehar. Like, holy shit. Like she's back to normal. Like she was just attacking a minute ago. Um, and then, yeah, then we can have the whole thing you described where, you know, Amit tries to like, he pulls Lehar to, to safety, and like tell Shilpa to go, you know, that, that he has to take her back to the village, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, and then we can have the big 
the big reveal of the pantheon of gods, you know, kind of accepting Shelpa, like the most unlikely of the group into into the pantheon. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, and I'm I'm not sure. Do we have? Do we want to have Shilpa like you know, like she throws? Maybe she like lights the brazier and then like throws the torch at like the spirit of Manasa, who's like swooping around in the shadows, and then she just like you know turns to ash and blows away. Yes. Or do we let the gods like judge her? You know. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of her throwing the torch. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. she's like passing the torch, like here, here. Yeah. You wanted it all. You wanted it. Take it. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it kind of, it kind of like finally proves her. Uh, you know, it kind of proves her, 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 her uh, like heroism. Like it proves that she's mm-hmm. strong. Oh, and dude, we can. Even, I, why didn't I make this connection before? So we had the moment where we have the snake-faced person or thing. You know, trying to to seduce Shilpa, where the audience is going to think she's been seduced. What oh, if yeah. it was Manasa? So Manasa's been trying to get to her the entire time, but ended up finding her vessel in Lehar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I think that's that's perfect. Yeah. So like, you know, we're led to believe that it was that like Naga Raja, like King of the Naga, that we saw like you know at the at the bottom of the temple at the last beacon. But yeah, it wasn't. And maybe Shilpa notices that. Maybe like when they drive the Manasa out of Lehar and you kind of see this like spirit of it like it's just like uh this sort of like moonlit you know astral projection like in the darkness on the edge of the light and maybe Shopa sees it as like you it was you you know whatever yeah. like, she says something to kind of drive it home to the audience that like that's who it was all along yeah and then she's just like you know you wanted me or you wanted this here you can have it you know yep (laughs) (laughs) scatters the ghost to the winds yeah Yeah, that'd be be awesome yeah i really like that so yeah i think this is kind of cool so it's like you know we lose the twins but then amit and lehar both get to have like you know like an arc you know and then you know of course shilpa kind of just gets to come into her own you know sort of literally literally and figuratively and then or you know and then now we get to decide, like, how do we end this? Does she ascend into, like, godhood, and now she's, like, the new, like, patron god of, like, their village, and she's going to look after them? Um, or does she, you know, do that whole thing where she, like, turns it down, you know, because she's, like, the I, selfless, whatever? You know what I, I think? I, I think the the better takeaway here is instead of her actually ascending, what if the the gift or, like, the whole, uh, the whole ascension is mm-hmm. more of um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a metaphor that okay. the, the gift is enlightenment, that she now knows mm. her true power, that nice. the, the light kind of enlightened who she really is, that she doesn't have to be afraid, that she doesn't have to be this shrinking violet, you know, that she is capable and she can overcome her fears. So maybe oh, it's, awesome. it's, it's it's as simple as that, because, again, we're, we're dealing with with symbology and metaphors for this entire film, like. So I, I feel like that, you know, she maybe she lights lights the brazier and, you know, may, maybe the gods do appear to her and like talk to her, you know, but yeah. tell her like now, you know, your true power, like now, you know mm-hmm. what you were meant to be, you know, yeah, so exactly. that's her destiny. That's her, you know, her karma is that, you know, she made it this far you know, and she persevered and she helped out her friends and she, you know, protected the village and she fulfilled her mission or whatever it was. And yeah, yeah. And, and she's sort of proven that she's like worthy not to be a god, but to worthy to go back and to be, you know, who she is as an adult and be a part of her community, you know, right. and, and not just some. And heck, you know, maybe we can kind of back up a little bit and go back and pepper in a little bit of foreshadowing that not only was she kind of like mopey and gothy and dark, but maybe she was the one where everyone was like, 
like, oh, she'll just never, she'll will never grow up, you know, like, oh, yeah. like, you know, she's, you know, very she's, childlike. Yeah, and childlike and innocent and, you know, doesn't ever, like, step up to her responsibilities. You know, she's always off moping somewhere instead of, like, doing her chores or whatever, you know. And now right. it's like, you know, yeah, she's – her her ascension is to, you know, become an adult. Like, this is how she grows up, but, you know, kind of on her own terms. Right. And it's and it's the whole thing. is like her whole journey is she she overcame temptation. You know, she overcame adversity. You know, she overcame her fears. Like she, like we we tempted her throughout this entire story, uh, kind of unintentionally, but we did, you know, yeah. like having yeah. her have to go through the darkness, having to cross the chasm, you know, having to be alone, you know, all, all those different things we kept throwing at Shilpa throughout this entire story, almost like, like, again, car- karmatically, like it was meant to be, which yeah, is kind of exactly. crazy. <laughs> it is. It's really cool. And and maybe they can even be like, you know, and they, the gods like tell her all of this and then they kind of like turn to Amit and Lehar and they're just kind of like, you know, you all have, like you've all, you know, reached your, your potential, your destiny. You've all, you know, you know, you know, whatever, like seen who you really can be. You know, yes. and and you know Mishka and Naksha, maybe they're not brought up in this particular moment, this sort of like celebratory, you know, happy moment. <laughs> but it's kind of like they're kind of the reality that like you know some people give into those temptations and like they don't make it. And you know, from yeah. a you know a symbolism perspective, that's kind of what they what they represent is like you know they they we everyone thought that they were like great, you know, they were looking out for each other and you know, they were positive and they had a support system and all of this, but you know they still you know, succumbed and it's like shit that happens, you know, to the best of us. But, you know, unfortunately that was their destiny, but the three of these characters, you know, who made it, it's like, you know, Lehar, you know, needed help. And cause she was always the one who helped everybody else. And what she needed was, you know, was she needed someone to realize that she needed help. And, you know, Amit, you know, Shilpa needed to grow up and, you know, Amit needed to stop being so selfish and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and impulsive as well, you know, and then we can just kind of have this whole like little denouement where, you know, they get to descend from, from the temple in the daylight and, you know, just kind of make their, their journey back home. And, uh, and, you know, maybe now they don't have any darkness to worry about, you know, maybe they have like the, the protection of the gods, you know, know back home and yeah. you know they can they'll come home as like you know heroes back to their village and you know they'll mourn the twins and kind of take up their place amongst like the elders or whatever yeah yeah i mean they could even say something like you know the 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 snakes will not harm you on your journey home or so you know something mm-hmm. like telling the audience like yeah they can they can now go home because they've overcome the challenge and like maybe that's again part of the challenge is the snakes only have that that journey to try to influence and take them down and if they win like the whole we were talking about like the whole champions of the god thing maybe that's that's what it is is like the only chance that the snakes have to overcome the gods is to take out their champions oh yeah 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 so if and maybe and maybe right here we get a little of something of like, you know, oh, our sister Manasa, like she won't trouble you anymore. You know, like the cycle, some mention of like the cycle will continue. Like this is her destiny, you know, and, uh, you know, but whatever, like she won't trouble you on the way home, her and her minions or whatever. And this is then we'll kind of explain to the audience like who she was all along. Right. Yeah. No, I dig it. I <laughs> Dude, we, we just did a fantasy movie about <laughs> snakes and laughs. <laughs> Oh what my the God. fuck? I can't believe we pulled that one off, honestly. <laughs> I, dude, seriously, like, again, for the, those listening, like, this is the one that I was nervous about. Like, I've been nervous in the past, but, like, all week long, when we, when we talked about what are we going to do, and, and we just kind of, like, 
we were bouncing ideas back and forth. Neither one of us really wanted to do a bunch of research and watch a bunch of movies. And cause it's just, it's been a busy couple of weeks. So yeah. both of us were like, I don't know, let's just pick one of the ones that, that, you know, we've talked about before and we haven't done anything. So you threw out snakes and ladders and I'm like, yeah, okay. That, yeah. Let's go with that one. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. The whole week I was going, dude, why did I say that? Like, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I know, right? And you're right. And I was just trying to think of something that wouldn't be like a lot of research because, yeah. yeah. And we and we did record a lot in the last like two months with Boogeyman's Closet specials and Count Creepyhead yep. specials and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, and it's like, yeah, there was so much going on that I, the last thing I wanted to do is feel like I'm obligated to go watch a movie or something. Right. And yet I ended up watching a couple of movies just to kind of get some inspiration because I'm like, I don't know, like this was supposed to be an easy one. And I think I kind of screwed myself a little <laughs> bit, you know, screwed both of us. <laughs> and yet here we are coming up with an, an original idea for, for something that I kind of wish existed. <laughs> I know. I think this is this is a really fun, fun idea, you know, and, and I want to say, too, that like, you know, Manasa or any of these like names of these like, you know, uh, Hindu characters of this pantheon. These are just guideposts to get us yeah. through the story. Like, I don't know anything about, you know, this mythology beyond the surface of what I was able to read recently. It's yeah. not my culture. It's not our culture. No. I don't want to you know, I don't want to defame the goddess Manasa in any way because I'm just sort of you know, placing on her this temptation role that doesn't really exist. And so again, this is, it's not really Manasa, you know, it's some other made up name that, that, you know, the, 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 the screenwriter will make up just like we were kind of just making up names that don't really, you know, um, they don't really apply. It's just we just needed some way to attach, you know, a name to a, a role in the story, just to you know, to kind of walk us through it. But this whole thing is meant to be inspired, you know, by by Hindu and Vedic tr- traditions. Right. But it's really just fantasy in the same way that you know, the Lord of the Rings and uh, or even like Narnia, they're inspired, you know, by Christianity right. and like the Greek gods, but they're not actually. Yeah, I mean, to to be fair, I mean, we're we're just we're just two two white dudes that are completely ignorant of that that culture, you know. We're we're not meaning offense in any way, shape, or form, you know. Yeah, so ho- exactly. hopefully that didn't, you know, uh, hopefully anything we've, we've said here didn't uh, cross a line for anybody. So you know, if if we if we did, you know, please let us know. And, and obviously we apologize. Um, this, like I said, was just two white dudes making up a story. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Like that, that's our disclaimer. We, we, we were just using this as an inspiration and like some guideposts, but yeah, like, like I said, you know, we, I, we in no way mean any, uh, you know, any disrespect whatsoever. In fact, the opposite, like uh, the utmost respect for these stories and the awesome story that we were able to come up with because oh, of the influence of these really, really cool, you know, uh, uh, stories of these really cool gods. And, uh, yeah, anyway, so. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. I think it worked out really well, and yeah. uh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, you, you, me too. Like this this was a this was a challenge. Like, and that's one thing I I do like about the board game ones is that, I mean, I think we've proven that Battleship the movie is a steaming pile of shit for a reason because <laughs> it's not that difficult to come up with an interesting story surrounding a board game like clue obviously did it perfectly i i will always give clue credit because that that fucking movie's awesome um, 10, out of 10, 10 out of 10 yeah. yes exactly it is awesome but like you know the, the fact that we were able to pull it off with trouble and now snakes and ladders like i'm kind of excited to see if we could do it again with another 
Like, yeah, exactly. What would Candyland be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was thinking Candyland too, and I was like, I don't know. They kind of they kind of did that already in Wreck It Ralph. I don't know. That's I don't know. True. If, that is true. <laughs> it would be hard to just not copy everything that they were doing, you know, with like Sugar Rush. But yeah, totally. Yeah. We could. Yeah, we gotta. I don't know. We gotta. Can we do like uh, I don't know, like Dominoes or like Checkers? <laughs> I don't know. Could we go that far? <laughs> checkers the movie. <laughs> Oh Ooh, my god! Yeah, but yeah I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely some, uh, some potential to come up with, with another uh, board game movie. Honestly, one of the ones that I feel like we could come up with a very funny movie for. Um, we've already kind of discussed Monopoly in, in a joking way. I think Monopoly could work. Um, yeah, for sure. But I think Mousetrap. As crazy as oh, it is, yeah. I think we could come up with a really funny movie for Mouser, but like we could make that into a comedy. Um, oh yeah, for sure, like an all ages comedy. That'd be funny. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's it's. Wait, was there a Mousetrap movie? No, no, there wasn't a Mousetrap movie. I was like, wait a second. I feel like there was, but that might have been a Robot Chicken sketch. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe or maybe it was one of those weird like Nathan Lane comedies from the nineties. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm it. curious. I'll have to yeah. look it up. <laughs> gotta Google it now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Is that a thing? There is a movie called Mousetrap, but it it does not seem to have anything to do with uh, the video game or the board game. Just on a a quick IMDb search. (laughs) Oh, Mouse Hunt is the one that you were thinking of with Nathan Lane. (laughs) Yeah, Because I was like, as soon as you said Nathan Lane, I'm like, holy shit, wait, that exists, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh, my God. Maybe I'm just uh, remembering it wrong, but I feel like he was in a bunch of those sort of like silly movies like that in the back in the 90s. Yeah, he he definitely (laughs) was. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. All right, Mike, I think we did a good job here. I'm exhausted. I, I definitely excited about doing more like tabletop style games. You know, hell, shit, we can make cards against humanity into a story. That'd be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude. Oh, dude, dude, why did you say that? You just gave me a freaking idea. I'm, I'm going to save it until we're off the air, but holy shit, dude. Okay. All right. It's going on the list. <laughs> oh, my All God. All right. All right. Well, in the, in the meantime, uh, anyone listening to this, uh, go check out some other awesome shows and projects that we're associated with at bradpantheon.com or at bradpantheon on all the social medias. There's lots of great projects on there. You've heard us talk about them before. Comics Boost, The Boogeyman's Closet, Count Creepyhead, Saturday Morning Monster Mash, a bunch of other awesome stuff. Um Pikmin's vinyls, Mike, you're also involved in that. So yep. I wanted to throw throw that out there as well. But there's a bunch of them. Go check it out, redpantheon.com. And uh other than that, that Mike, anything else you got for today? No, no, I think uh I think I'm kind of spent. That was a that was a journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely for sure. Like literally, I think for our char- our characters and you know, figuratively for us. So all right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program and listening to us uh, struggle our way through to f- find something really interesting in shoots uh, and ladders. Um, so if you had fun with us this time and you want to check us out again, you know, visit us on all the socials at Raised by Rentals and at RaisedByRentals.com. Uh, leave a comment, a rating, whatever. Reach out to us. Give us some feedback. And if there's anything that you think we should improv, improve next time, let us know. With that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support Rad Stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Velvet Bethany.